Praise the Lord. As we round up this series, Make Your Life Count Today, um, I want to encourage you, if, if, even if you were with us from the beginning of the series, to please get the CDs. They still are free. You know, how else can you be encouraged? Please get the CDs. You can download the MP3s for free also and listen to these words because your life will not be wasted. Say amen now. In Jesus' name. Because a life that doesn't count is wasted. If you can't make your life count, you've succeeded in wasting your life. And your life will not be wasted. In the name of Jesus. Our text today is from um, the book of Exodus chapter 3. From verse 1 to 3. Exodus 3 from verse 1 to 3. That's supposed to be 1. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared amazingly in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't this, that bush burning up? I must Go see it. That's a distraction. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And what we want to talk about today is what? Distractions. <laughs> distraction is a powerful tool. Distraction is a powerful tool, very powerful tool. Parents know the power of distraction. In fact, when we're growing up, they use distraction to control us. When you, let's say you were busy in the house, you are playing, you are troublesome, you are disturbing everyone, um, they, they send you to your neighbor, and my mom would say, or my grandmother would say, um, Femi, I want to go to the neighbor's house and tell them to give you a rodor. I say, but, but, but mama, let me finish what I'm doing. She said, just, just go, you, you'll soon be back and finish what you're doing. Okay, so I run to the neighbor's house to collect a rodor. Now, a rodor. He's like pause, put him on hold. <laughs> so that neighbor, being an elderly person, said, Oh, they've sent you to call it a oh, rodon. You know, that person's house down the road, that's where a rodon is. So I said, Oh, these people, I need to cook the iron to that down the road. A rodon, wait, wait. After you see the person, oh, they say you should come and collect a rodon. You know, you have to go back to where you're coming from. I've returned it back there. By the time you get back home, <laughs> there will be no trouble in you anymore. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> you know, of course, as we grew up, that didn't work anymore. But distractions are very powerful. Very powerful, very powerful in warfare. In warfare, every war general Know the power of distraction. If you're a business person here, or you're a professional, you want to be at the top of your career, you must understand the power of distraction. There's, there's, a, there's, there's a story in Judges 20. It, the, the, the children of Israel were waiting war with the Benjamites. It's like a civil war. Benjamin like, was fighting Israel. And Benjamin... The tribe of Benjamin, Benjamite, had, you know, had a upper hand earlier on. So the children of Israel came up with a strategy. And the strategy is, we will go to fight, then we will run and pretend as if they are winning us, then they will come out confidently, then we will burn their cities. Then when they look back, if they see their homes burnt, they will be weakened, they will, and, and it worked. And the Benjamites, they killed 30 of the Israelites, and they were happy, they were chasing after them. 
all of a sudden, their city was in flames and they fell over 25,000. I counted. 20, over 50,000, 25, 18. They were just falling in tens of thousands. Why? Because they were distracted. Praise the name of the Lord. Even thieves deploy distraction. There was a warehouse, notable warehouse, that had very huge, but things were always missing. At the end of every month, is either they see that 20 or 50 shovels are missing, or they see that um, 10 holes are missing. I mean, things were always missing. So they employed a security guy, and the guy knows everybody. And he kind of had, had a hunch on the person that is stealing. So the guy was going. He had a, a sack filled, and the man stopped him and said, what is in that sack? He said, sawdust. The guy says, I'm not a fool. Empty the sack. I've caught you today. He emptied the sack, sawdust, and put it back, and he wheeled it off with his wheelbarrow. And that happened the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time. About 15 to 20 times, the guy that was supposed to be securing the place said to the guy, you know what? We both know you are stealing something. <laughs> now, off the record, I am confused. You are stealing something, I know it. But what is it? Just tell me. I will report you. I just, for my sanity's sake. The guy says, I've been stealing wheelbarrows. <laughs> so 15, 20 wheelbarrows had gone. Everyone said, distraction. And this is February. One month is gone already. And for a lot of us, we've set goals at the beginning of the year. We are trying to set goals. We've put our heart on what we want to do. If this year will count, you must overpower or overcome distraction. If there's something that you have to achieve in your life to make your life count, you must be able to, to deal with distraction. You must be able to triumph over distraction because distraction is the greatest thing that destroys destiny. Distraction. Distraction. Not the devil. Of course the devil will bring distraction. But it is the distraction. Not your friends. Not your enemies. It's the distraction. Praise the name of the Lord. So, as, as we began to look at last week, there are three main sources of distractions. I'm going to unpack them today. We couldn't, we just listed them last week. Three main sources of distraction. Of course, there may be other sources. But if you can get these three, I can assure you that by the grace of God, your life will count. The first source of distraction that you have to overcome is another vision. Otherwise known as Division. That's the word. That's where the word division comes from. Everybody say another vision. Another vision. If the enemy wants to destroy your life, he tries to attack you. You will fail. Why? Because you know spiritual warfare. You know how to engage. So he will discover that attacking you is useless. So what he will try to do next is to give you another vision. Is to cause division in your life. In Luke chapter 9 verse 62, Luke 9 62, Luke 9 62, the word of God says in Luke 9 62 that but Jesus told him, Jesus said, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. And this is a classic example. Jesus did not say, anyone that lays his hands on the plow, you are plowing, your hand is on the plow, right? And 
abandons the power and turns back. Did Jesus say that? No. In other words, the hand is still on the plow. He that lays his hand on the plow. Is it that business that God has told you to start? You are running that business. God has given you that position. God has given you that family, whatever plow, those children. He that lays his hands on the plow and looks back is unfit. In other words, what you are plowing will never be straight. And such things are not acceptable in the kingdom. Jesus is saying he that gets another vision. Because looking back is taking your eyes off the goal, off the assignment, off the call, off the work. Your hand may still be on the work. Your hand may still be on the goal. Your hand may still be on the assignment. But your eyes are what? Shifted to something else. I'm praying today that not only will your hand be on the plow, your eyes will be fixed on the plow. In the mighty name of Jesus. That, that heaven will not say of you unfit. Unfit. That heaven will say fit. 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 In Jesus' name. So keep your eyes on your mission. You've heard people say, mind your business. I think I want to just start to eyes your business. <laughs> eyes on your business. Keep your eyes on your mission. Keep your eyes on your business. Keep your eyes on your business. Someone says to me, Pastor, you know everything that happens in the church office even when you are not there. Yes, I do. Why? Because my eyes, both physically and spiritually, is on the business. <laughs> Someone does something. I, I said to them, why did you do that? They said, how did you know? But you were not here. Even though I wasn't there, my eyes is on the business. <laughs> I'm watching. Praise the name of the Lord. And that is my, and that is my calling. That's my, that's my goal. That's my objective. Some of us, there are things that are happening in your house. Under your nose, you have no clue. How can you be in the house and things are happening and you don't know and you are the man of the house or you are the woman of the house? Something is wrong with that. Immediately, something is wrong with that. That puts you in a compromised position. Everything that comes in and goes out is my business. You can never outgrow it. The day you outgrow it, you are growing into trouble. Things are happening under your nose, under your very nose. You have no clue. Something is wrong with that. Mind your business. In your career, the same thing. Keep your eyes peeled. Focus on the mission. On your goals that you have set this year. Keep your eyes peeled. Focus on the mission. Distraction. In fact, the, the um, Bureau of Statistics in, in some country, they, they said that a large percentage, they came up with their percentage, of accidents that are caused on the road is by distraction. A call came in, an SMS came in, someone like um, Brad, what's his name, moves off and they say if you are going at 80 kilometers an hour, the average distraction lasts for 4.6 seconds. The average distraction lasts for 4.6 seconds. If you are driving at 80 kilometers per hour, and you are distracted for 4.6 seconds, you will have gone the width of a football field. Blind. Wow. You'll have traveled the width of a football field. And that is in physical things like driving, even though a lot of lives have been lost. But in our lives, 
in your career, in your calling, in your destiny, you need to keep your eyes on the mission. Say to your neighbor, keep your eyes on the mission. So the first source of distraction is another vision. The second source of distraction is another tongue, also called confusion. Another tongue. Confusion. There's a story in Genesis 11, 1 to 9. I'll tell you the story. Genesis 11, 1 to 9. The people of the world came together and said, let us build a city. They all met in Iraq, present-day Iraq, and said, let us build a city. Let us raise a tower that will be as high as the heavens so that we can remain together so that we will not be scattered throughout the earth. Meanwhile, God said, be fruitful and what? And multiply. Fill the earth. Man said, let us stay and not multiply. And God said something important in that passage of scripture. God said, as long as these people are united, as long as they are speaking the same language, Nothing will be impossible for them to do. As long as your family is united, as long as daddy and mommy are speaking the same language, nothing will be impossible for you to do. As long as a church is united, as long as we remain united as we are by the grace of God, nothing will be impossible for us to do. So, if the enemy knows that if he comes against us spiritually and fails, and if we consistently fail, and he gives another vision and he fails, and if we consistently fail, guess what he will try next? Another tongue. Confusion. And he will fail. And he will consistently fail. In your family, every confusion of the enemy we come to an end today in the mighty name of Jesus. Another tongue. Nothing can stop unity, not even God. God said it himself. So don't look at me as if I'm, I'm, I'm blaspheming. God said it himself. Nothing can stop unity, not even God. For God to stop them, God had to give them many languages. God had to confuse their tongue. That's, that's, that's why everybody begins to speak um, Hebrew, Ibibio, Ibo, Ausa, Yoruba, Efik. Everybody began to speak different languages and nobody understood anybody. And the enemy is still using that in churches and in homes. Some people say, oh, I am an Ausa Christian. Oh, I am a Yoruba Christian. Oh, I'm an Ibo Christian. It's, what does that mean? When we've all been baptized into one body. That's why on the day of Pentecost, God said, I need these people to be one. So he gave us the same language. The language of the Holy Spirit. Praise the name of the Lord. So we, we all have the same language now. And he gave us this gift of interpretation. We all have the same language. The unity of purpose. So, speaking another language corporately and individually is a showstopper. When you speak another language corporately and individually, or individually is a showstopper. Let me explain individual. Individually, if God has given you a vision, there's something you're believing God for, the moment you begin to speak another language, that is, you begin to doubt. You begin to speak the language of doubt. God has said, let the weak say, I am strong. And you begin to say, I am strong. Then the voice of doubt comes and says, uh, you better don't deceive yourself. You are weak, oh. I say, it's true. I'm strong, but I am, I am weak. <laughs> Another voice, confusion. That's the beginning of confusion. God says that you will be fruitful 
and there will be no barren in the land. You are trusting God for the fruit of the womb. You hear that word. You are saying, I will be fruitful. In fact, I am fruitful. I am fruitful. Then every month the voice of doubt comes by way of your period and says to you, mm, what do you do? If you allow another voice, then you are thrown into confusion. But I want you to resolve today that it is only one voice that will speak over your life. And that is the voice of God. What God has said, that is what it will be. In James 1.6, James 1.6, the word of God says in James chapter 1, verse 6, it says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. What is it that you have set your heart on and trusting God for? Don't doubt. When the voice of doubt comes, don't ride it. When the enemy says, how can these things be? Say to the enemy, you will see it, but you will not eat out of it. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. How can these things be? Corporately, in, in Psalm 133, Psalm 133, Psalm 133, from verse 1, it says, How wonderful and pleasant. Everybody say, Wonderful and pleasant. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil. Wow. Everybody say, harmony is as precious as the anointing oil. That was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his bed and onto the borders of his robe. Harmony is refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountain of Zion. And there, everybody say, there. In the place of unity and harmony, there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. So we see there that not only does unity of purpose make man unstoppable, unity of purpose always, always provokes the attention of heaven. Always. When there's when there is unity of purpose in an individual or in a group of people, it always gets the attention of heaven. Heaven always pays attention. It's either they say, they pay attention and say, ah, these people, they are going the wrong way. Let's set them straight, like in the case of Tower of Babel. Or they say, ah, these people, they are going the right way. Let's bless them. Let's command the blessing upon them. Or like in the case of, of God's favorite house. But God always pays attention to unity. Always. So when your, when your family unites, when you unite around your, your, <clears throat> the fathers of the family's vision, when you unite around the vision of the father, when the mother and the children unite behind the vision of the father, what happens? Heaven takes notice. Heaven says, let us see. If we check that vision, if that vision is not in line, what happens? Heaven will... will uh, if you're a child of God, they will, realize, they will set you straight. Which is why you have to start from with God before you come up with a vision. You have to start with God. But when everyone comes and they see the vision is in line with God, what happens? Blessing is commanded. Blessing is released. You become unstoppable. People will say, what is this even doing? Someone has come to me before. And said to me, tell me the secret of your power. <laughs> you know, we are just Africans. We are amazing people. Amazing people. He says, I know there's something you are doing that I don't know. 
So tell me the secret of your power. I said, you see this in my ear? If you cut it, like something. <laughs> oh, Lord. We are always looking for shortcuts. We are always looking for talisman. We are always looking for... Listen, if only you will obey God, you will see the glory of God. In fact, that's what Jesus said to Martha. If only you will believe... God is saying to you, I will do with you that which eyes have not seen, that which ears have not heard, that which has not entered into the heart of man. If only you will believe. If only you will believe that God is going to take you to that place he has promised. If only you will believe. I have chosen to believe. It doesn't hurt to believe, I discovered. It doesn't hurt to believe. Say, but what if you believe and nothing happens? Then you make yourself a fool. So what? What am I before? Am I not a fool for Christ? <laughs> I have no reputation to protect. None. I was speaking to some man of God this week. And he was saying that I'm moving from an air-conditioned or very great facility just across down the road to this place. He said to me, he said, what you did was very risky. He said, it was very risky. He says, what, what, what if nobody came? You know, people like comfort. I said to him, that, think about it. Let's assume that nobody came. Let's assume. Is it my, is it my work? Who's, whose name is going to be put to disrepute? Is it my name? What's the name of the church? <laughs> it's not me. It's not my name. In fact, they have, you see, if you understand this thing, your life will be free. David, many times, God will say to David, for my name's sake, I will do this. I know that in God's favorite house, God will do that which eyes have not seen, that which ears have not heard, that which has not even begun to enter into the heart of man for his name's sake. Strictly for his name. So he says some of us will not be able to do that too because... We have a reputation. I said, well, the only reputation I have is the word of God. As God said it, then I believe it. Did God say move? Then I move. Yeah, and he has said also, enlarge the place of your tent. Lengthen these cords, strengthen these stakes, for you will not be ashamed. He said it. So I move. Now, the key thing for you and I is that if God has said to you, I'm going to, this is your small business, I'm going to make it a multinational business, just believe it. Believe it. It doesn't hurt anybody. It will even hurt you to believe. Just believe. Say, so, but what if it doesn't work? What if it works? Just believe. I was say just believe. <laughs> just believe. At this God will regain service. Next week Sunday, listen. Next week Sunday, <laughs> God will do that which eyes have not seen. Yeah. Not a cliche. That which ears have not heard. Yeah. Should I tell you a few things? Yesterday, I was praying for this service, today's service. And in the spirit, I saw a gush of water. And in my mind, I'm like, eh? Is there going to be flood in Lagos this rainy season? I felt God pointing me to Ezekiel. 
that it is not the water of flood, it's the water of his spirit. And everywhere, listen, the water touches, life happens. Life comes forth. Life comes forth. As, 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 as we enter this season, this week and to climax on Sunday, the floodgates of heaven are being opened. As the water of heaven is being released upon us, everything it touches will come to life. Everything. Is that not, this is my mind now working now. Is that not in line with bloom? Everything that has been, that has withered, will flourish. In the mighty name of Jesus. So get ready. Tell your neighbor, get ready. Again, there are some people that we sit down there and say, Mmm, Fabu. It's okay. No problem. You will see it. And I pray you will be a part, you will be a part of it. <laughs> because you will see it. Oh, yes, you will see it. Praise the name of the Lord. So say to your neighbor again, get ready, get ready, get ready. So the first distraction, source of distraction that we need to triumph over is what? Come on, talk to me. Another vision, also called division. The second source of, of distraction is, is called, it's called what? Another tongue, also called confusion. The third source of distraction is another God, also known as pleasure. Pleasure. While many of us will not go and bow down to an idol, while many of us will not carry a graven image in our homes and worship. Yet many of us are worshipping the idol of pleasure, the idol of self, the idol of our unbridled appetite. Many are doing that. But whether it's a physical image or an unseen image, an idol is an idol. And that has stopped a lot of people from fulfilling their destinies. I'm praying today that the grip of this small letter G, God, over your lives will be broken in Jesus' name. Philippians chapter 3, verse 19. Philippians chapter 3, verse 19. The word of God says in Philippians 3, 19 that they are headed for destruction. Their God, small letter G, God, is their appetite. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. And they think only about this life here on earth. Whatever controls you has become a God unto you. What appetite has you Whatever controls you has become a God unto you. Whatever you are a servant to is your master. And God is a jealous God. This God that you are serving is a jealous God. He will not have you and another God. It won't work. It won't work. For some people, the, the, their God is their belly, food. Food is their God. Some say, Pastor, me, I don't joke with food, though. You can say we should come for night vigil. Every day I will come. But don't say we should fast. Because I'm telling you up front, I am not fasting. Why? Because my food, she didn't say that, though, but what she was saying in essence is, my food is, is my God. Appetite. For some people, the appetite is sleep. You sleep. I don't joke with my sleep, oh man of God. 
Some people can sleep on water. Have you seen such people before? Oh, yes. It's a vigil. Vigil. Ah, ah, ah. Please, 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 please. God is not a... Uh, uh, how you translate that to English? God doesn't require all that stress. My God is not stressful. Yes, your God is not stressful, but your enemy is. <laughs> and you have to have dominion over your enemy. Because your God has empowered you to have dominion. So you have to take your place. Sleep. Now, in this week, we said we are going to have what? Daily vigils. Every day this week, beginning not from tonight, beginning from Monday night, there's going to be vigils. We are going to be praying. We are going to be laying hold on heaven Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And on Sunday, God will do it again. And again, and again, and again, and again. And we are totally excited about it. But for some people, Pastor, count me out. I'll come on Sunday, I'm sure, to receive all the blessings. You people can be doing the vigil. After all, I sent my wife and my children to come for the vigil. You should be happy. I will come. The big boy will come on Sunday. It's okay, come on Sunday. You're welcome. Say amen. amen. For some people, it's drinks. They, are, they, they can't just do without vodka. The drinks has become your God. Remember, whatever controls you. You're saying, but it doesn't control me. Okay, it doesn't control you. Stop it. Then you know it doesn't control you. For some, it's pornography. Pornography has become your God. It controls you. Once you, the urge sweeps in, you just want to click on it. You can't, you can't resist it. That's your God. That God has to crash today. Say amen. amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. For some people, it's gambling. Gambling. I have a friend that makes a whole lot of money about a million dollars in three months when the business is not booming. When the business is not booming, it makes a million dollars in three months. Good business, not fraud. But he loses most of it to gambling. He says, I don't have women problem, and he doesn't. I don't drink, and he doesn't drink. Drives a good car and he gambles. He's not married. Drives a good car, gambles. Gambling has become what? Is God. And I pray that God will set him free. Say amen with me. Some people is substance. Weed. Must take some substance. Some people is anger. That scripture that we read says that these things, these people, they are headed for destruction. You will not end up in destruction in Jesus' name. Your life will not be wasted. These people in this category are headed for destruction. Put up that scripture again. Thank you. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their what? Appetite. So you need to say to yourself, what appetite do I need to surrender to Jesus? I'm very sensitive, you know, to anything that can compete with God or take me off sync. Very, very sensitive to it. Recently, at the beginning of this year, I just discovered that towards the end of last year, now, there's nothing wrong with cable TV. There's nothing wrong with DSTV. There's nothing wrong with whatever other cable TVs you have. I'm not preaching against TV, okay? Do we understand that? I need to do that disclaimer up front so that people will say, oh, Pastor, say we should watch it. No, there's nothing wrong with it. But I have discovered that I can get home for, if I get home early, I get home at 10 p.m., fine. 
I get home at 10 p.m. I need to read. I have books to read. I, I need to study. I have things to do. I need to pray. I have, I mean, but I just say, okay, 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 let me just relax more. And I really don't watch anything. I just flip channels. You know, that's my pastime. I switch to this one. I switch to that one. I switch to this one. I switch to that one. I'm trying to watch a movie. They show a naked woman. I switch to another one. I try to watch sports. You know, I, I, I just, before I knew it, 2 a.m. Because I'm nocturnal, that's normal. I sleep 2, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. But I should be reading my Bible, praying, or reading a book. I'm doing things that will push me forward. But instead, I'm, tw- I'm changing channels. So this year, I said to myself, no DSTV subscription. And I didn't subscribe. It was painful. <laughs> In fact, that's why they were, they were not sending me SMS. Your subscription is about to expire. I say, okay, let me just subscribe to a lower bouquet, Lord. Lower bouquet. I will do everything. No subscription. And just one month, my life has so much focus. It's amazing. I give God the praise and glory. <laughs> just one month of no subscription. Why? Because I now have four hours that I'm either praying, I'm reading, I'm studying, or I'm sleeping. You don't come out of a bad habit with kid gloves. You need to take drastic steps. Everybody say drastic steps. For me, when I feel that I'm fine, I've gotten my rhythm, I'm good, maybe in June, I don't know, maybe July, maybe August, maybe March, maybe, don't get, if you come to my house, I see the STV, and I say, hey, but pastor, you said June. No, I'm not telling you any day. Whatever day, <laughs> I feel I am in control. I will subscribe. Why? Because my rhythm has started, and I'm in full control. But I won't just waste my life watching having high blood pressure. People, they've played the match, they've collected their money, you are giving yourself high blood pressure. Matter doesn't matter in the matter. (laughs) If you don't know what that means, don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry at all. You're wasting your time. Those boys collect 250,000 pounds a week. Our own dad, Mikel Obi, collects 90,000 pounds a week. You are still struggling to pay your student school fees. Meanwhile, you are getting high blood pressure. Something must be wrong with that equation. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Something must definitely be wrong with that equation. There are certain drastic steps you need to take. To take control of your life. I pray you take that step. Why? Because this... Addictions, if you don't control them, they will destroy you. But your life is going to count, so you are going to control them in the mighty name of Jesus. So don't waste your life. You need to give control back to God. Back to God. I'm going to be praying at the end of the service. Yield to that prayer. You need to give control back to God. And in conclusion, we go back to our story of Moses in Exodus chapter 3. Exodus 3. One day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of the Lord. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn. This is amazing. Moses said to himself, Why isn't the bush burning up? 
I must go and see it. Can you see that? So this is divine distraction. I'm praying that the prayer I prayed, and I pray, I pray for you. I, I pray for you now that your life will be divinely distracted. Amen. That the distraction you need to put you on the path of destiny, God will send to your life. The bush that you will see, that you will say, ah, I must go and see it. God will bring your way. In Jesus' name. Why? Because at best, Moses would have been one shepherd in the wilderness. He would have died as the shepherd in the wilderness. But God had other plans. God needed to distract him. God needed to send that distraction his way again. Say, Father, may I be divinely distracted into my glorious destiny in the mighty name of Jesus. Moses was divinely distracted. God will have to do that for a lot of us. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads as we pray. Just say to God, Father, divinely distract me, O God. Distract me into my glorious destiny. Paul of Tarsus was divinely distracted by the lights that came to blind him. He was on a wrong mission. Just say to God, divinely distract me, my Father. Divinely distract me. I want to pray with you. You are here. You are not saved. Jesus is not the Lord of your life. Or you used to be born again, but you're backsliding. You are saying, Pastor, I, I, have, I, I, I need God to empower me so that my life will not be distracted, so that my, my destiny will not be destroyed by distraction. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to come back to Jesus, Pastor, if you pray with me. I want to pray with you. You don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, wherever you are seated. Pastor, that is me. I want to pray with me. I want to pray with you. Put up your hand now over your head. Quickly, and I'll pray with you. God bless you right there. God bless you, sir. I can see your hand. God bless you, sir. Right there. God bless you. At the back, right at the back, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless you over there. God bless you, my brother. God bless you over there. God bless you. If you have the card, you can pull down your hand. I want to open my heart to Jesus. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Jesus, God bless you. If you have put up your hand, put it up well. God bless you right there. God bless you. Jesus, come into my life. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. Put it up well. Put it up well. Once you have the card, you can put down that hand. God bless you. I want to give my life to Jesus. That is me. That is you. Put up that hand now. I will pray. Father in heaven, we pray for everyone that has surrendered to you. If you still want to put up your hand, put it up, put it up, put it up, put it up. Now, I'm about to pray. Quickly. I will pray together. If you are online, instructions should have been scrolling. That is me. Pray with me. God bless you. Father, I pray for everyone that is taking this step today, surrendering to you. We ask in the name of Jesus that you help them and save them. If you have the card, why don't you ask Jesus to come into your heart. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I surrender to you. Come and have your way. Come and take your place. Come and empower me. Lord, we pray that your life comes to life in them and your name will be glorified. Now, I want to pray for you. If you are here, you are saying, Pastor, in the real sense, I have another God of pleasure. I have an appetite, Pastor, that is sending my life down the drain. I can see now that if I don't do something drastic, I'm in trouble. The first drastic step you need to take, I want to pray with you, you need to get up. Stand up on your feet. That is me. Stand up on your feet. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, sir. 
Stand up on your feet. You stand up on your feet. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Don't look around. See, God bless you, my sister. Stand up confidently. It's between you and God. Once you're up on your feet, keep your eyes closed, please. But just, if, if, by way of surrender, if you can lift your hands to God. If your hands are too heavy, it's okay. You can put them down. But, but try and lift them as high as you can and say to God, I surrender to you today. You are still wondering, should I get up? Should I not get up? Why don't you get up? Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Get up. God bless you. Get up. God bless you. God bless you. This, Lord, is my life. I surrender it to you. Now bring that issues to is it gambling? Is it pornography? Is it is it narcotics? Is it is it drugs? Is it is it drinks? Whatever. Say, Father, I bring it to you today and I lay this thing down. I lay down, Lord. I lay down, Lord. Talk to God. The rest of us, let's just intercede for our brothers. Come on, let's. If you can pray in tongues, I, I, can't, why don't you just go ahead and, and pray in other tongues? Let's just pray that this change will be lasting, that this deliverance will be permanent, that this change will be lasting in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. before you. They've lifted up their hands and surrendering to you. You know what they have been struggling with up until today. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our helper, our God, because of your grace and your mercy. Let there be total deliverance today in Jesus' name. Cleanse them totally and let your name be glorified. 